0: Hey, welcome to Renewing the Center. This is Chris, glad to have you here. We're going to continue as we walk through the Anglican lectionary during this Advent season. We're going to continue to move through the Gospel of Luke. So I'm going to read a passage um, from Luke 12, verse 35. Jesus says, be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Peter said, Are you telling this parable for us or for everyone? And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and prudent manager whom his master will put in charge of his slaves to give them their allowance of food at the proper time? Blessed is that slave whom his master will find at work when he arrives. Truly, I tell you, he will put that one in charge of all of his possessions. But if that slave says to himself, My master is delayed in coming, And if he begins to beat the other slaves, men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. The slave who knew that his master, what his master wanted, but did not prepare himself or do what was wanted, will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. (laughs) For everyone... To whom much has been given, much will be required. And from the one to whom much has been entrusted, even more will be demanded. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, we ask you to help us to hear uh, in this really provocative story or two stories Jesus tells. We pray that you would help us to hear the heart of God for us. Lord, that we would have a better understanding of our own space, and our own role, and our own relationship with you. We pray, God, that you would give us wisdom, Lord, to approach a passage like this as grown-ups, as uh, courageous people, approaching with trust in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, we see the metaphor at the very beginning. Jesus is telling us this very Advent theme, which is to have your lamp trimmed, and then he says to be dressed for action. So these stories Jesus tells are ultimately about preparedness. They're ultimately about being watchful, being awake. And over the last number of episodes, we've been exploring this Advent theme of watching and waiting and being awake, being engaged. Um, The thing about waiting is that you never know when the waiting is going to be over, uh, when whatever it is you're waiting for will happen. And so Jesus tells us a story, two stories actually, about a master and servants who do not know when the master will return, but who have a responsibility to be engaged in his absence so that when he does return, they're alert, they're awake. And I think that as we live our lives um, as Christians, as we try and seek to be spiritual people, it's really important for us to recognize that we must cultivate awakeness, if you will. We must be the kinds of people who are alert and receptive, who are ready Um, Who are prepared. That's what Advent's all about, and I think that's what the life that God's called us to live, what that life's all about as well. Before we get too far into this, I want to say a couple of things about slavery. Um, When we read these stories in the Bible, uh, specifically stories Jesus tells in the New Testament that name or reference slavery, for many of us, that should leave us feeling somewhat cold. But I want to make a couple of distinctions. Jesus in these stories is not condoning slavery he's certainly not condoning chattel slavery so the kind of slavery that we have experienced here in the North American continent and in parts of Western Europe where slavery was primarily economically and racially driven where we were importing black slaves or people of color from other parts of the world to do work for us here in the United States that's not the kind of slavery that was in view in the ancient Roman world and among Jews Slavery in the ancient world was largely driven by economics. If you fell into debt, you would be sold into slavery until you could pay your debt back and then you would be released from slavery. Um, So slavery was circumstantial, not racial. And so when Jesus tells a story that references masters uh, and slaves, he's quite simply just telling a story that anyone listening to him uh, would have taken for granted. To actually tell a story about a master of a household and not reference household servants or slaves would have been uh, appallingly distracting to the sensibility of an ancient roman or an ancient jew so when jesus tells these stories what he's doing is he's actually just locating a story within a cultural context where slavery would have been an accepted reality that being said, Christians in the early church were quite progressive when it came to slavery. We see Paul reference a runaway slave and a master in a book of the New Testament and call them brothers. He reminded them that they were not owner and slave, but they were fellow brothers, and that when they were in the household of God, there was neither slave nor free. So the Christian church was actually pushing against even Roman-Jewish understandings of slavery. Was saying we're a part of a family and in god there is no division of slave nor free and yet slavery was a historical reality at the time that the new testament was written in the roman world in the semitic world so i think it's important to note those things here's what jesus says in the story servants must be alert you and me we are servants of god we are children of god we are his servants and we have to fight sleepiness We have to fight the temptation and the tendency to lull ourselves into a place of sleepiness. And so I would just ask you this question as we consider this story. Where are you sleepy right now? What does sleepiness look like for you? And I'm not talking about the need to take a nap or to sleep a little more. I just mean where are you less than awake? If Advent is about being awake, a story like this invites us to consider whether we are in fact awake. The servants in the first story Jesus tells who are awake, who are alert, who are ready for his arrival are rewarded in a remarkable way. Jesus actually says that they will be invited to sit down and eat. This would have never happened in the ancient world. Servants never sat and ate, not with their masters. But in this story, not only are they invited to sit and eat, Jesus says their servant, the master, God will feed them, will serve them. What a remarkable thing Jesus is saying. There's a reward of inclusion at the table, of being with God, being in a reciprocal relationship with God. Then Jesus hears a question. Peter says, are you telling us this story or is this for everyone? And what does Jesus do? He actually tells the same story again. He makes a couple of modifications. He describes a servant in the next story who not only doesn't do or falls asleep, doesn't do what he's supposed to be told to do, this guy actually becomes drunk, lazy, and belligerent. So he goes in a wicked direction. He's worse than lazy. He's belligerent. And then he adds that a watchful servant will be rewarded with increased authority. So not just a meal, not just a shared life, but authority. And I tend to think of authority as influence, true authority versus positional authority. True authority doesn't need to be stated all the time and defended. It just is. And i think one of the things jesus is saying is when we are alert and awaken him our words and our lives will carry more weight when we follow jesus with our whole lives when we give ourselves to wakefulness we become people of influence and authority our words our lives count to quote jesus at the end to whom much is entrusted much is demanded do you believe that god can place demands on you i actually believe he can And I also believe that he wants to reward us with influence, with authority. Not the kind of authority that we throw our weight around or we lord over people, but the kind of authority that means your life and your words count. They matter. They carry weight. As you walk through this week, I pray that you would ask questions about wakefulness, obedience, and authority. What does it mean to be in a shared space with God where he entrusts things to you and calls you to be a person of substance? That's what I think the Lord is asking us to consider here. God bless you. Go in peace.